Hi there, welcome to Strictly Ball Business. Alec here with Dalton, ready to talk about some exciting topics in the NBA, including where players might land. And we're going to start out with talking about our boy, Lori Markinen, a guy who was really exciting coming into the NBA, but really has trended downward most of the season since then, especially as a defensive player. And we're going to talk a little bit about where he might land and uh, what we can expect out of him next year. So, Dalton, why don't you let me know what you think? Well, uh, so it's actually been a super slow free agency. Like, I'm really surprised nothing's happened. Uh, I What's taking so long is the Bulls are really trying to figure out a sign-in trade for these teams. It looks like the front runner is the Mavericks. They're just trying to do a Maxi Tleba swap with Lori. I think it makes enough sense where I would I think enough it would help enough on each side I mean they're essentially same player Laurie has a little more upside and a little more potential side like he's had better seasons like in 20 his 2019 season he averaged 18 points a game uh where, where is it yeah nine rebounds I think if he could be that player on another team that's it's more than they could ask for and i think the mavericks on their timeline they want to be better but i think if they took on laurie and hoped he could play the small forward or even power forward if they keep Kristaps around and he plays center uh i think that could fit enough if Przingis figures out his defense i think that would be fine uh laurie on his best day uh, he's just a knockdown shooter he can make plays for himself not a good playmaker for his team uh, he's just over the years, 0.9 assists last year, 1.5 assists, 1.4 assists. Not ideal. Not not even good. It's just those assists were just like he happened to pass it to somebody who made it. And yeah, but I think that's fine with when you have Doncic on on that team. He's gonna be the primary ball handler anyway. And Laurie's usage isn't huge. And he came into the league. They know he was just gonna be a stretch four, and that's what he that's what he can be. I think he's. I don't think it's that he's gotten worse. I just think it's been a decreased role, and he hasn't been able to fit into it with the Boston Celtics. And they've been—I'm not Celtics, uh, Chicago Bulls. They've just been iffy on what they want to do with him. And I think they would take Maxi, a guy who knows his role. He can just get in there, shoot some threes, play all right defense. He's still not that defender that they—you know—the Bulls don't have that guy that's going to like. I'll take on the best player on the best team yet. And Maxi's not that guy, but. Uh, four that can shoot as well as Maxi, th- that that can't hurt. Yeah, I mean, only reason it makes sense for the Bulls is Laurie doesn't want to be there anymore, and they can get a guy who still, you know, does what Laurie does, can shoot the ball and play the four position, but maybe come in with a better attitude. Um, seems like they were asking for at least a first round pick from other teams if, um, you know, something like they can't get a solid player in return. And to me, that just makes no sense. Obviously, that's a big hang-up for why this hasn't happened yet. Like, teams aren't exactly jumping at the chance to pay Laurie $15 million and trade a first-round pick for him. It just it wouldn't make sense. No, no yeah. I uh, I had one other team that could possibly trade for him, and I had a, actually a Serge Ibaka for Laurie and uh, TBJ, uh, Troy Brown Jr., just a sign, easy sign and trade. I think, I think if the Clippers would ever decide to do it, it's just because Abaka's been injured a, a lot of his time with the Clippers, 
and I think they just want some maybe to bring in some young talent. Kawhi's gone this year. I think I think they're like we. This is a year for seeing how far we can go. And I think Laurie isn't the defensive solution. I think they're a good enough defensive team. And this would mean starting Zubac and giving him more minutes, but I don't think that's the worst thing this year. I think uh, the worst case scenario is you give Laurie all these minutes, he turns out to be that 18-point-per-game scorer, and you flip him for something better as a win now. I think Clippers could take that. Uh, and plus, Troy Brown Jr. is just a decent rotational player. He's uh, he's always a good trade candidate. So, Yeah, I think it's more likely um, either the Mavericks or the Pelicans think pelicans could be a good spot for him as they've still got an opportunity to give some minutes at the forward position and they're looking for more shooting so i could see that as a possibility but not for giving up the first round pick but if they could give up josh hart um, in return or someone else maybe that's worth it seeing that they just gave josh hart that extension um i don't know i know a lot of people are high on josh hart because he's a jack of all trades type of dude but maybe positionally and shooting wise Lori can make more sense yeah. uh if they if the bulls could get josh hart back i think that would be awesome i, I think i don't well what's the salary this year i mean Lor- they'd have to match i guess if i were the pelicans well he just signed a three-year 38 million dollar extension and so i don't know if that goes in effect yeah. this year but oh uh, it does he was a free agent so that's about 13 mil you'd have to say Lori's gonna make yeah. around 13 mil i think that's not the worst thing in the world for the pelicans i mean he would have to be a uh, bench uh because i is that nor him nor zion can play center so he'd have to be at their sixth man at best trying to find minutes between Ingram and Zion. I think he would play ne- well next to Zion, being that he is mm-hmm. such a shooter. I think that's not the worst idea. Uh, I, the Pelicans need defense anyway. <laughs> um, but I think, I, I think we'll get into that later. That's not a, that's not a bad idea, though. Um, no, yeah, Josh Hard would be a great, great fit. Yeah, so, I mean, with Laurie, obviously – He's kind of been trending down lately, but as a career player, 15 points per game, seven rebounds per game, one assist per game. So he doesn't really give you anything there, like you said. But in terms of just shooting last year, he did shoot 40% from three last season, and his career is 36%. So optimistically, you know, shooters are always going to have a spot in the league. And if he can keep it 40% or around there, you know, going to love that. And teams are definitely going to be looking to add him. Um, it's just a matter, like you said, he doesn't really give you anything on defense and that's tough at the power forward position when you got bigger dudes, um, you know, plowing through to get to the lane and you're just kind of giving that up and, and saying that's all right. Right. Now he's not that great of a, not that smart of a defender with his minutes and defensive rotations. A little, I mean, he stays around one point one point five fouls, but he just he just doesn't get into that position where he couldn't get even a block. And his defensive rating hasn't been terrible over the years. I mean, his best season was his worst season defensively, which kind of says some like he does, when he's he's not going to put that effort on that end. I think it takes the right coach and personnel. I think the Clippers would have that personnel to maybe get that started in him, not even to make him a great defender, but at least have him buy in on that end. I don't think the Mavericks can get that done. At least serviceable. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we'll see. I think he's definitely a guy who obviously needs a new situation. He wants a new situation. We'll see if it happens this year or not. Um, I would assume it does. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Another couple players we wanted to talk about um, that were in the rumor mill lately are a couple of Grizzlies. 
uh, out of Memphis. We've got Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks reportedly available for trade. Now, to me, I was really surprised to see that Dylan Brooks would be available. Yeah. Um, Kyle Anderson, not as much surprised because he's a, he's in the final year of his contract and he's 28 years old. He's not exactly like a corner piece of a franchise, though he's a good player that you know anybody would probably be willing to add to their team if they need a forward. Um, but again, Dylan Brooks, I don't really get why why that's a thing i think it's the draw to try to get someone better like a star i mean i really don't understand what the grizzlies are doing you know uh i'd be surprised what these trades are gonna look like <laughs> like they could literally be anything after watching the the bledsoe trade the uh the adams trade <laughs> like I, I have no i have no idea what their timeline is but i i've put it i put together a trade for both of them uh, neither one is really moving in one direction. I think they're very stagnant at kind of staying where they are, but I don't think it's the worst return if they're just looking to deal these guys. Mm-hmm. So for Dylan Brooks, I have him going to Phoenix in exchange for Dario Sarch and Jalen Smith. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. he's the best player in that trade. Maybe they have to add a second, but they get Dario Sarch. I think he's. I, I think he can help as their backup center they're maybe even a power forward if they play jaron jackson at center and they still want brandon clark to come off the bench he's he's a decent piece i mean if they're looking to get away from that but then they get jalen smith who's a very good defensive forward and that's what he was drafted for uh last year it's just a little hope he hasn't had the room to grow with phoenix in their last run so i think it's just kind of hoping hinging on him doing something yeah, I would say that's not exactly a fair offer just because Jalen Smith, I think the perception on him isn't as high as it was when he got drafted. So he was a top 10 pick, but I think a lot of people are realizing he's a project and needs a lot more work. And so maybe Memphis is the team that can take that on. They're obviously interested in some projects like Jared Culver right now and Daniel mm-hmm. Turo. But at the same time, Dylan Brooks is pretty solid. Like you said, if you're trying to get you dangle them out there to get someone better why take two worst players in return uh well i mean i don't think everyone around the league will value him as well as grizzly because you know bird in the hand uh and they're a small market team so a lot of that is his role has just been bigger i mean we his main thing is a shooter and the best he's shot was 37 from three but that was still two years ago i mean he's shoots at good volume and he's confident they drop two to a game but last year was 34 percent he's not a good defensive player and i mean yeah he's good at playmaking for himself but even even when it comes down to him playmaking 2.3 assists with 1.8 turnovers that's a horrible ratio (laughs) like in that way so like he is a very good and he was he's a plus player at least at least there's that but i don't think his roles as valued in with other teams as grizzlies value him now i've got a trade proposal for you um see if you respond to this one Dylan Brooks to the Orlando Magic um, okay. for Mo Bamba and um, Cole Anthony. And Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba and. I think they would have to add this. Oh, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, I guess Mo Bamba's value is very low. I think that would probably go through. Uh, I would I'd hate to see Cole Anthony go. Uh, it, what did, would it be imagined like a two for the he'd play two or he would play the backup point guard for the Grizzlies Cole I, I understand Bomb was a good fit there but I think Cole would be there too you know they 
they could use um you know a scorer shorter. like him he's a shorter guy and i don't know how he's a shorter guy i mean they could they could use a bigger guy than job obviously mm-hmm. but i think at the very least you get a six man like a solid six man with cole Anthony. yeah i don't think that's the worst in the world i don't think it fits the magic timeline i think we're finally they're finally just gonna take and stop trying to sell out early like they have forever in their rebuilds like selling trading oladipo early like that's they're not going to do that again i really hope i think they're just going to gather talent and see who does it i don't think it i like dylan brooks i would i wouldn't mind that last year yeah (laughs) last year i mean i know the timelines don't match up perfectly but in theory you know dylan brooks is 25 and he's got a few more years of experience than some of these guys. You do still want that on your team. You want some guys that know what the NBA is like to help show these younger guys what to do. Um, and you could give them a nice extension because you're not worried about paying anyone else. And maybe you let it kind of be his show with Suggs having a, a solid dude to pass to. Um, you know, I, I kind of like the idea of having an established scorer. In, in yeah, I think, that, I think that would help them. I don't think he's the veteran that they need. I don't even think he's a veteran yet. But I like I I don't hate him or anything. I just I just think because they have two guys coming off injuries, they have a number four pick. They just want to see what how it goes. They're fully prepared to be horrible yeah. this season, <laughs> and so am I. Yeah, as they should be. I mean, if they could if they could bottom out and get another top pick, that's yeah, that's ideal. Maybe Chet, I'll take. I could take Chet. If they got Chet, that'd be perfect. I mean, Jalen Suggs and Chet are, both went to the same yeah. school. Uh, they, <laughs> why bring, not? Bring mini haha to Orlando out in Disney yeah. World. Mini haha to Disney World. Let's go. No, that that's not bad. I it, it would. I think it would pass if it was a year or two down the road. I think, uh, and even if the players both stayed the same, everyone stayed the same too. I just don't think it lines up with them just starting their rebuild now. If they did it, I wouldn't be surprised. And it's not that he would make them win again. It's just. It would be weird to see them give up on that. I think this year is Mobamba's. We'll see what you can do year. You know, he's going to either back up. At the end of last year, him and Wendell were both playing the same amount of minutes. They're starting one after the other. They're seeing who could do what. So I think we'll see a lot of that this year. But I hope so. I hope Mo gets a chance. He's he's obviously a guy with a ton of promise just for his wingspan shooting. and ability to, blo- to, to block and, yeah, stretch the floor and shoot the three. If he can figure it out that's a really dangerous right. player and so i also had a trade proposal uh, for slow-mo actually this one i like actually a little better i don't think it's another project uh if the grizzlies want to take them on but they i think they get another serviceable player back so it's royce o'neill and uh izubuki from the jazz with slow-mo going to the jazz now i don't think he's valued as high as dylan brooks so i think this would be have more of a chance to get pushed i mean passed by both teams it gives the jazz that power for another forward next to Boyan. that's not he's he's a decent defender he can play man he's he's a jack of all trades he's just a guy that can come in and do whatever you want you know that's what slow-mo is and he can shoot a bit so i think they need that extra guy uh a little more extra star power and in response, the Grizzlies get a solid defender back. I mean, Royce O'Neal was guarding one of the be- some of the best players on the floor when he was there. He was their defensive perimeter defensive lead. So I think he'd be a solid piece for them. Uh, it's giving up what they value as a major, a little major piece. I think he's, I guess he's not a major piece, but a good enough piece with the Grizzlies. A slow mo is where they're hoping to get a little back. Yeah. But I think this is decent return, and 
Izabuki is a drafted this year. Drafted, he was drafted because he was probably the best defensive potential in the league. I mean, in that draft with his wingspan, his able to block shots, he's just non-existent offensively. So I think, sure, I think that would help them out in that end. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that would be an interesting spot. I think Kyle Anderson in Utah makes sense. Um, I, I know they like Royce O'Neal, so that would be kind of interesting to see him see them part with him. But I know they're trying to get better defensively um, at the forward position. So yeah, I mean, definitely could see he's that. He's not happening. a shot blocker. I mean, what, what was he? But I mean, he was a solid defender. With his offensive rating was one hundred eight, which was serviceable. But you got to think of some of that's part of mm-hmm. the team. But a block shot. I mean, yeah. he blocked point eight. That's fine. This is center as a power forward. Yeah, for a six seven guy. That's pretty solid yeah. numbers. And he played a lot of the uh, on and off the four for the uh, them too because Jaron Jackson was gone, so mm-hmm. they'd have a small ball lineup with Brandon Clark at center with Slomo out there as the. Uh, power forward and mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks would play the three. So I think he's capable of doing it. He's a solid passer, too. Yeah. You know, he can, you know, he's smart. He knows um, where to get the next pass, too. Obviously, he played with the Spurs. Mm-hmm. It's invaluable having Coach uh, Coach Pop coach you for a few years. So definitely a smart yeah. dude. I mean, 3.6 assists last year at 1.2 turnovers. That's, I mean, if that was a point guard, that'd be a horrible ratio. But for the small fours, like a. Trishery. Yeah, with limited yeah, minutes. A, thir- a third tier uh playmaker on a team. I think that's fine. That's good. And I mean that's what he would be. Yeah. Totally third or fourth uh, mm-hmm. ball usage on the jazz. Absolutely. Well I think um I think all these players are interesting um to talk about and see where they might land. Hopefully we'll get some more news here in the next few weeks because I'm starving for news <laughs> and I'm sure you are too. Um but let's move on to one of our another season previews in advance of the 2021-22 season. This time around, we're breaking down the New Orleans Pelicans, formerly known as the Horny Hornets. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't their name. Um, last year, they barely missed the playoffs. They had Zion in his second season, and they had a few new players from a big time trade to get rid of Anthony Davis, bringing in a few new guys. So this is a team that's looking to get better this year, but they somehow got worse with some of their moves, in my opinion. And I don't know if you agree with that, but Lonzo ball is a guy. I don't think they should have got rid right. of. Yeah. I mean, we can start there. Um, the loss of Lonzo really hurt this team defensive perimeter defensively. Like he was, Talent-wise, he was improving. He was getting his shot. He was always a good defender. And I thought he was a great fit for the team, actually. Like, a great playmaker. He had great chemistry with uh, Brandon Ingram, who was his friend. Been been there. Been with Brandon since he was drafted. Zion, obviously, was working out well. It's just, I think, not giving him back was part of that pressure of Zion's family being like, I don't know if we want to stay here. So that they, they jumped for a major change, and they didn't get it. So... But what's weird about that is they could have matched Lonzo the whole yeah, time. I know, yeah. But I, I guess they thought a change would uh, appease them, you know. That's why they kind of forced themselves to trade for their uh, Valanchunas, which is now their big three, I guess, which isn't that great of a big three. Uh, with Ingram, Zion, and Valanchunas. Uh, I think 
I like the Valanchunas move. Um, he's he's not good enough to be the third best player on a team, but I mean, last year he did have a solid season, averaging seventeen and twelve with thirty six percent three point shooting. So at least you add a little bit of three point shooting more than you had with Stephen Adams at none of it, and he still gets um, four point one offensive rebounds. So quarter of his rebounds are offensive so he's a physical dude um like adams maybe plays a little bit differently maybe not as good in the pick and roll but gonna help space them a little bit better which they desperately need yeah i thought he was a plus i think all their moves almost moved them laterally (laughs) i don't think it improved them that much because they never fixed that hole in the defensive end which was their major issue last year but I, I don't think it hurts at all i think valanchunas is uh saw i think he is an upgrade over adams i do like adams but what Valanciunas will bring to the team uh, helps out. I think what's going to hurt is Valanciunas isn't a good playmaker. I mean, 1.8 assists. I mean, he's a center, and it wasn't his role on the Grizzlies, so we'll see more of it. But he's got to be able, especially with Zion, uh, he has to be able to find that next guy, find the cutter, uh, stretch out to shooters, find them. Because it's a lot of inside playing, like almost grit and grind with this team, especially built around Giannis. I mean, Zion. Yeah, and it gets to be too much, and then the the lanes get clogged, and soon enough, you're you're 26 and three point shooting percentage, and 25th and three point attempts mm-hmm. last season. Yeah, those numbers gotta get for better for sure. For sure, and um, so let's. Uh... They at least were good two point shooters, though. Our scores, I mean, they for as many attempts as they had last year, they were eighth in two point percentage. So at least they were top ten in that. They're making their shots, mm-hmm. yeah. but. You know, you gotta you gotta expand. Yeah, the game I mean, they bit. couldn't stop Zion, and it worked really well in Ingram's favor. I mean, Ingram twenty three points per game, four point nine rebounds, four point nine assists. I think he was, I think he's the piece they need. If they have to give up him for someone else, I think it's fine. But I don't think it helps the team as much. Like if they were to give him up in a Damian Lillard trade, I think I mean definitely him and Zion. But it kind of depletes the team to who you know if they had because they'd have to give up Ingram plus pieces you know you'd have to think and then they have very little left if they make that trade i think i don't think i'm not saying they'll be bad i'm just saying i don't know if it's enough to contend with but i think anytime you can get a superstar it's worth it but the other question is with brandon ingram being so young can he still become that superstar i mean the guy's only 24 years old 24 he was awesome defensively i mean offensively he was like a baby durant uh he's I think it's kind of the same deal with I was talking a little bit with Laurie. I think just like CP3, just like Booker had with CP3 this last season, CP3, Booker's never been a good defensive player. And suddenly this year he's been, he's gotten out, he's bought into defense, he's gone through because he had such a veteran leader like CP3. And I think that's what Ingram needs. Uh, it doesn't need to be CP3. It just needs to be like a PJ Tucker, I think, would is willing to push that team. And I think something a veteran like that is what he needs to be like buy into defense because that's really where he needs to step up if he was able to do that i think that's that's what would push him to superstardom if he was able to use all because he has all the tools he's lengthy he has the right timing he just needs to buy in on that uh on that side of the ball and i think that would help them out a lot from what i had heard he actually really hated that stan van gunny gundy tried to get him to play defense and they had riffs um for those particular reasons and like you said he could be fantastic if he becomes a great defender but i'm i'm not 100 percent sold he has that mentality or wants to do it he might just be one of the guys like no i'm 
I'm great offensively. I got a max contract based on my offense and no defense. I don't need to change anything. I know who I am. Yeah, I think I think it takes the right coach to install it. It's, it's coach and player combination. I don't think I don't think one coach is going to convince them. And it's not a good sign yeah. for him saying uh, complaining about that. But yeah, no, I mean definitely advice you get from your peers is absorbed differently than what you get from a coach. And I definitely think that was a big reason they were trying to get Kyle Lowry in here, a veteran who plays solid defense and could have stepped in and been their third best player, possibly their second best player, just like that. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, guys like that don't become available too often. Obviously, if you can get a defender who's still really good, but maybe not like a superstar still, it's nice to get like a P.J. Tucker. But, you know, who? where is that yeah. guy? Kyle Lowry would have been great, actually. That would have been a great. Fit. I know they were after him, but that would have been perfect for them. But the guards they do have Absolutely. now, like I was actually, I never, I haven't thought about it until now. I'm like, who the, who the fuck's gonna be their shooting guard? And like, Nas not the worst guy in the world. Uh, Nikola Alexander Walker, I, I assume he's gonna be their starting shooting guard with Devonte Graham as their point guard. And Nas really, he he took in. He was very inefficient last year, but he was showing that he could step up and he could try to make those shots, be confident in his role. And that's really all you can ask for at that point from a guy, a roster of like non-shooting guards, Eric Bledsoe and uh, Lonzo. And who, who's the other guard they just gave up? George, George Hill? No. I forget. <laughs> they just... I don't remember. Nah, but uh, if that's the best out of it, I think he's a decent young player. I think now it will work out, but we'll see. I think that's just... If you're trying to compete for a playoffs and you're just bringing in a guy who's, we'll see. You know, I don't think that's good enough. But yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I think Devonte Graham is a really underwhelming signing too. I mean, not as their shooting guard is is one thing because they drafted him, and they think he can excel. But Devonte Graham, we kind of already know who he is from his years with Charlotte. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess the only way, uh, I guess the only way is up from thirty-seven percent shooting last season. I mean, it's got to be right. Yeah, I mean that 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 was really that's his worst. I think that so actually, I think that'll help out his field goal rent will go up. Actually, if not, it'll his true shooting will go up because I think he's just gonna take a fuck ton more threes. I don't think I don't think he's gonna be ever driving in the lane with Zion, Brandon, and Valanchunas. I think he's just gonna hang out on the perimeter. I think he's gonna make plays. Uh, actually the most interesting stat I looked up on this guy. So he gets five point four assists last year, but his usage rate is twenty one percent. That's pretty cool. That's pretty crazy. Like it was at a one point five turnover rate. Like as a as a yeah. point guard I'm like I mean That's Steph really Curry good. is is known for having a lower usage rate among point uh, about all-star point guards and he uh, and he gets like eight assists plus i mean he shoots a lot but he has like a 45 percent usage rate russ has like a 51 something like that so i have 21 usage rate that's and get 5.4 assists um that that's really nice and he's not going to turn the ball over so that's what i was most excited about after looking back over this 38 percent three-point shooter 3.33 uh three-pointers made i think i think he's a decent fit i think they just have to fill that hole at the two preferably with a defensive guy i marcus smart <laughs> that, awesome. that would be a great fake because he'd be that veteran he'd, he'd come in and he'd be able to push ingram that that'd be awesome fit but what could they possibly trade to get marcus smart 
maybe i mean they got plenty of picks from their other yeah. trades be like a shit ton of picks maybe probably have to be valentunas and then you open that's hoping jackson hayes is ready to step up to five the five you know i think the celtics which is yeah, not. not it's just getting incidents on the side of the road <laughs> somewhere i think he has to figure that out but uh no um i think valentunas would be a nice piece for the celtics to be like all right that's decent at least it's i think if they become frustrated after this year and they're like you know what we need a decent change our young core is not doing it and they're i think that's that would be marcus smarts on the trade block there above anybody else with the celtics yeah i mean they had talked about like rumors um immediately as the season ended that they were going to trade marcus smart this offseason um instead they give him the extension and they still could trade him but it's like they definitely probably aren't yeah. for a bit. I mean, it's a very tradable contract. I think that's what they kept in mind when they uh, signed him. But Marcus Smart would be nice. But um, so yeah, Marcus Smart would be would be nice on any yeah. team. But in terms of the guys that this Pelicans team does have, they have a lot of solid players heading into next season. And the main one that we haven't spent any time talking about um, is Zion Williamson. Yeah. And he shot 61% last season on 27 points per game, seven rebounds, and three assists per game. It's a budding superstar. It's just a matter of if he's going to stay healthy or not. And to be honest, it's not a matter of that because he is going to get injured. He's way too big for his, his knees and the type of explosiveness he comes down with. I really do think it's just a matter of time. Uh, Till he has a major knee injury and he misses an entire season. And I know that sounds terrible to say and it's like pessimistic or whatever, but it's just, it's way too much weight coming down on his legs when he's taking that, you know, those extreme dunks. And he's already a guy who's limited in games. He doesn't play back to backs and he's already that guy in his second season. He's not as, is he even old enough to drink a beer yet? <laughs> Actually, I think he is 20, turning 21 this year. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know that. That's that's the biggest thing. I think he's injuries aside. I think he's a superstar already. I think he's there. I, uh, he just needs to get that veteran leadership hump over with. Like uh, Giannis, that's what Giannis was going through. He's still a young player, and he was he was a superstar, but he didn't have that leadership. And I think that's what Zion has to work towards, aside from losing weight. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, you hit it all right. He's got to lose that weight if he wants to stay stay in the league, stay stay on the floor. And that'll really help them. Yeah. Otherwise, if yeah, if he can stay on the floor and play, you're looking at an all-time great where it's you know Shaquille O'Neal 2.0, but this guy can make a bit more free throws and maybe develop a shot later. Yeah. In his game. I mean, he's I, I he shoots threes limitedly, and uh, they're not terrible. I guess his shot form looks bad, but they a few of them go in. I mean, his debut, he shot three for three. <laughs> so. Four for four, actually. Let him fly. I mean, whatever. All I need out of a guy like him is that he's willing to take the three-point shot. Cough, cough, Benson. Yeah, cough, yeah. Cough. yeah that's I, – I think he'll – he's going to work it out. I think he just has to lose that weight. But a few – Yeah, ab- A few absolutely. of the notable bench players. So, so, like, the thing about this team is outside of, like, the big four – I mean, big three with Devontae, they really don't have a bench. Uh, it's not serviceable. I mean, Josh Hart's a nice piece, 
They don't have a sixth or seventh man. So, you know, you want a guy to come out here and run an offense. They really don't have anybody to do that aside from <laughs> Tavante and maybe Nah if you play him into the, some of the bench time. Because they got, yeah, Josh Hart, solid defender, jack of all trades. He can do a little bit of everything. That's fine. That's a decent piece. Jackson Hayes, still a project, still figuring it out. He has the potential. We've seen he's had some games where it was pretty decent, but not on their timeline. Trey Murphy has looked very good uh, in summer league. I mean, 16.2 points per game, 7 rebounds, 1.8 steals, 44% from 3 at at 2.8 per game. I think that's fine. I think that's – we'll see if it translates. Hopefully he's that sixth man that they're seeing. They're looking out and they're like, all right, you got to run the second offense. I think he showed that he could do it. He he led the Pelicans, I think, uh, Pelicans summer league. I think we'll see how that goes. Yeah, if he can shoot close to 40% from three this season as a rookie, they'll gladly take that. If he can do it on three or four attempts per game off the bench, that would be fantastic. So I think that's the goal. I mean, he's a guy that can push it in fast break and help with their slow pace, maybe speed it up a little bit from right. time to time. The only uh, negative I saw was that he wasn't that great of a playmaker. I mean, I think he only got like 1.2 assists in summer league, and that's as a point guard a shooting guard i don't think that's what you need that's not a good it's not a good size uh signal yeah that could yeah, be that better could be better yeah i mean the only thing i'll say on that is like with summer league obviously with like a rookie in his sec- uh, second round pick um he's he's probably looking more to show who he is as a scorer and prove himself rather than help set mm-hmm. other guys up but he does need to work on that in the pro and but at least there's set so sadaransky's still off the bench so they got him. He's their Lonzo replacement, <laughs> and uh, he's. Yeah. I mean, he's a decent vet. He's not that vet that'll push him towards greatness. I think he would be a decent point guard on an already established team. I think uh, that as a bench player, bench point guard, sixth, seventh, eighth man on a team like this, I don't think he's the vet you need. I mean, he's never really won. He's not a winning vet. He's just a vet. It's not really an NBA no. vet. Either. He's just a decent defender, nice playmaker, but that's out of that. I don't. They can learn from him. I mean, that's fine. He's probably good for player development, but not. They're not trying to develop their players. They're trying to win right now, and they've made that very obvious. He should help out their turnover numbers, though. They were pretty close to dead last in that. Yeah, category. yeah. He's going to be able to hold that ball enough and make efficient plays. I think that's really what Devont bringing Devonte and Sadoransky in was to help out those turnover numbers, which that'll help a lot. But I don't think he's enough off the bench to be like, wow, look at their bench. They have depth, you know? (coughs) Yeah. And then there's Willie Hearn and Gomez, who will probably be their backup center. I mean, backup center, backup power forward. I mean, he's bounced around the league. He's just whatever. Nothing there, really. Yeah. It was promised when he started with the Knicks. Yeah, it's not a great. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a great bench. I mean, they. They're going to need to hope that some of their draft picks pan out at some point. They seem to just kind of be taking bust after yeah, bust. But, sure. you know, we'll see where it goes here in the future. I think I think this year for them, they're obviously shooting for the play-in. And just like last year, I think it's realistic, but it's also not likely either. So we'll see what happens yeah. with them. Who, uh, who do you think is the starting five? I think it's, it's pretty pretty straightforward. Graham, Nah, Ingram, Zion, and Valanciunas. Yeah, only one I'd maybe switch out is if they decide to start Sadoransky over Nah. Yeah. 
I mean, that that could happen. I think they would start him at or the over Graham. Uh, point guard, yeah, and move Graham to the shooting guard. Uh, actually, uh, I forgot I had a note. Like, maybe, maybe they would be suitors for Dylan Brooks, get in that shooting, uh, an extra shooting guard. I think that would be a decent fit. This doesn't help him on the I defensive end, but yeah. It's... Yeah, but they need scoring at the two, and he's a guy who can give you 30 points a night every now and, yeah. and then, too. I think he's that extra shooting. I mean, falling into a shooting role, playmaking for himself, I think. Mm-hmm. To guy that go out and score, I think that's he's a decent piece. I think better than Nah is at this moment. Yeah. Regardless, I think we'll definitely see the Pelicans active in the trade market after the season starts, and they have a better idea of who they are. And we'll be here to break that all down when it happens. You got anything else to say on the no, Pelicans, man? Perfect. Well, we'll sign it off here. As always, strictly talking basketball and the business all without it so we'll see you next time for episode 10 baby